Hello and welcome to Eco Justice Radio here on 90.7 KPFK. My name is JP Morrison. Today we have an interview hosted by Jessica Aldrich. She'll be talking to Michael Martinez and Derek Steele. Michael Martinez is the executive director of LA Compost. He is a certified master gardener and a former elementary school teacher. Today, LA Compost manages 26 community compost hubs in the city of Los Angeles and educates children and adults about composting through workshops, workdays, after school programs, and events. Derek Steele, the Health Equity Programs Director of Social Justice Learning Institute, in his eight years doing health equity work in the community, Derek has had the pleasure of building, training, leading, and mentoring an amazing team in order to provide health equity programs and services on the highest of levels. Urban gardening and zero waste solutions are their specialty. He also started the Raise the Standards Consulting Group, where they create solutions for overall workplace, cultural, and improved employee engagement, particularly on young teams full of millennials in the way that maintains and helps to recruit top talents. So let's get on to this interview. You're listening to Eco Justice Radio here on 90.7 KPFK. Thank you for listening to EcoJustice Radio. This is Jessica Aldridge. We are again exploring how waste, you know, that stuff we throw away, has direct social, environmental, and economic implications and how local groups are creating local solutions. Today's show is empowering community through urban farming. Soil health, composting, and urban farming can be the seeds to creating healthy community and environment. The effects of climate change have a direct connection to our soil health. Excess water and drought can deplete the nutrients uh, from our soils and increase runoff and erosion. It also affects water holding capacity that can increase leaching of nitrates and phosphorus. It limits biodiversity in our surrounding ecosystem, and it leads to less resilient plants and crops and a decreased food supply. And it's those plants that are the lungs of our planet. Because when a plant photosynthesizes, they absorb carbon dioxide from the air and the excess that they don't absorb goes down the plant, it goes into the soil, and it can remain in that soil if that soil is not agitated, like what happens with large agricultural practices. There's a study out in Santa Barbara, California, that did a life cycle assessment to test the greenhouse gas reduction benefits from creating what they called alternative household vegetable gardens. They found that for every kilogram of vegetables that you grow yourself, You can reduce dangerous emissions causing climate change by two kilograms when you also utilize household gray water and composting your organics waste. Now, those waste, that that wasted organics, like the food waste, it also has an impact on our climate. It's the largest portion of waste that goes to our landfill, 30 percent. And when it's not composted and and we instead throw it into the landfill, it's the second largest source of anthropogenic methane gas in California. But in the state of California, we recently passed SB 1383, a short-lived climate pollutants bill that set a 50% reduction of organics going to landfill by 2020 and 75% by 2025. But there's some unspoken issues. Many large cities haul their yard trimmings, their green waste, and sued to be that food waste 50, 80-plus miles out of town to be processed. That is a large carbon footprint. And even then, in Southern California, we don't even have enough high-end composting infrastructure to manage all this incoming organics waste. 
So our guests today are tackling these environmental issues, all the while building community and social equity through local composting and thriving urban farms. I'm excited to welcome Michael Martinez, the Executive Director for LA Compost, and Derek Steele, the Health and Equity Programs Director for Social Justice Learning Institute. Welcome you both, and thank you for being on Eco Justice Radio. Yeah, what's happening, everybody? <laughs> so excited! This is, this is gonna be a good conversation. I, I'm so excited! It's amazing. <laughs> so glad to be here. So, Michael, I'm gonna start with you. What is LA Compost, and what was your impetus to creating such a business? Yeah, so LA Compost is it's a nonprofit. We've been around for about five years, and our goal is to really connect the people of Los Angeles to their soil and each other. How we do that is through a decentralized network of community compost hubs spread out across the most populous county in the country. LA County, 10.1, 10.2 million people. We'd be the eighth largest state if we were on state. It's a lot of waste that we generate. So what we do is we work with existing infrastructure, schools, churches, museums, community garden, parks, um, housing projects, art centers, anywhere where there's space, where there's food that's getting tossed where there's people that want to kind of close the loop, we get to come alongside and create the educational platform and the compost infrastructure for us to really educate, equip, and empower people to, to close the loop. And the biggest thing is really understanding the story of food. Um, we, we talk a lot about how food is grown, how it's labeled, how far it travels to get to our plate. Yet there's very little talk about after-the-table experience. What happens after that meal? What happens yeah. to that food work? Where does it go? It what just is, goes away for most of us, right? We're like, oh, it's gone. I ate which, it. Which, yeah, do, throw that which away. doesn't make sense. There's no <laughs> such thing as away, right? No. Food doesn't disappear. So for us, it's really talking about how nature has closed loop systems and how we in an urban environment can create those systems as well. And the reason why I started LA Compost, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. I love the city, but I had an opportunity to teach in Miami, Florida for, for, you, for a few years. And... Speaking with my students, we've just had conversations about food, about environment, about community, and my students really couldn't trace food beyond the supermarket. Mm. Questions such as, Mr. Martinez, how does a hot Cheeto grow? Like, full-on oh. serious. Wow. Oh, man. And really? after, like, I kind of chuckled, I was like, oh, they're being serious. And really asking them, well, where do carrots come from? They say the supermarket. Where does the supermarket get it from? They say the big truck. Where does the big truck get it from? And that's kind of where the conversation stopped. So the school garden that we created in Miami, Florida, was kind of where the seeds of LA Compost were planted. It was the first time kids were able to think outside the box, construct their own knowledge, be a part of something that was bigger than themselves. You'd also see where a head of broccoli came from, that carrots came from the ground, that strawberries came out of a white flower and then into the strawberry. And for me, it was all those connections, uh, connecting to the food, connecting to their peers who, would they, who they would argue with, and having a sense of ownership, investment, and appreciation for what they were doing. And I'm, st I'm seeing that today with LA Compost. <laughs> I see that appreciation for food. I see that appreciation for soil, as well as appreciation for one another um, in our zip codes across Los Angeles. Nice. And Derek, yeah. you are the Health and Equity Programs Director for Social Justice Learning Institute. Mm -hmm. and. Your organization, and you look on your website, and you're engaging in so a lot of powerful work with youth and communities of color. Please share with our audience, like what does what is your organization's purpose, and what are some of these programs? Got you. So the Social Justice Learning Institute was established in 2008 in Inglewood, California. Uh, we exist to improve the overall health, education, and well-being of youth and communities of color. The pillars of the of the organization are three things. Uh, and I really love talking about them because they're so important. Uh, the first thing is research, right? 
we teach community members how to actually be critical of the world around them, be more thoughtful about the ways that they can interact and change it. And having the research and the skills to actually do that research uh, become very important in that process, right? So the training, which is the second pillar, becomes really important as well. How do we train them how to do that research? How do we train them to actually activate in their community? How to become advocates? Uh, and then after that is also community mobilization. But see, we're not the organization that does the mobilization. We're the ones who facilitate it. So that community members now who have these new skill sets know how to have the research. They have the information. They have all the tools they need to actually mobilize the people and around And inspiration, them. too. Exactly, right? Because right? the whole point is really making sure that, in fact, we envision a world that, that has community members using their own agency to change each other's lives. So in health equity, right, in the work that we do on my team, uh, we're, we're making sure that we have more access to healthy food and access to things in the built environment to make lives more conducive to healthy lifestyles, right? But health equity is not just about food insecurity. What, health equity, like what is health equity? That's a great question. A great question. See, it's not just health is not just a personal thing. When you begin to start really looking at the impact, especially in communities of color and, and people who live in uh, more at-risk communities, the systems that are in place around them really can limit the types of decisions that they can make. So we believe that your decisions are only as good as your options. But if your options are limited, then your decisions are limited as well, right? Then you also add the, the layers around the decision-making, the, the uh, social determinants of health, things like housing, things like the water, things like uh, the air quality, things like development that's happening in our communities, things like having a job, ha needing to have two and three jobs. Like all those things have impact on the way that you make the decisions on your daily life when it comes to what you're doing around health and wellness, right? And so we are working to activate community members around this idea. We want to make sure that they have the mindset that is necessary to make sure that their lives can be as healthy as possible. And through that work, ideas like building gardens in the community, ideas like needing the, the need for nutrition education in the community have come up. And all these have bubbled up from community members. In fact, my wife and I, and the way we engaged with the Social Justice Learning Institute, all started, I got diagnosed with hypertension, uh, and through that process of wanting to uh, create more of a healthy lifestyle for ourselves, we saw that there were other community members who were dealing with the same things when it came to diet-related diseases. And so she came up with a plan for 100 Seeds of Change, which is building 100 gardens in the community, right? Now, I, I, I love this program, and I definitely want to get into this program. No problem. No problem. <laughs> See, and, and I love telling, it's the story behind it, right, Be behind how we even got here that really makes it even more impactful. Because the reason why she wanted to start so many gardens is because you want to make sure that community members have a way to be able to have the access that they didn't have. Again, coming back to that limited options. Well, we can increase the options. What better way to help people have more access than to have them grow it on their own, right? And so when she created the proposal, she took it to the city council member. city council member was already talking to Dr. Scorza, who's the executive director of the organization around health and wellness in the community. And when he heard about the proposal, because of the work he was already doing at Morningside High School, which is his alma mater with, with youth at that school through our Blackman Youth Academy, he was like, yo, we have to actually bring this together. And so that was how the organization adopted 100 Seeds of Change. And from that day forward, we went through the work and actually have built uh, to date over 109 gardens. Uh, we have taught over 6,500 families 
uh, in nutrition education and obesity prevention because we can grow as much food as we want to, but if people don't have the heart and mind space for healthy lifestyles, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. Um, you know, we've helped to change policy around health and wellness in the state of California as well as locally. We started Ingalls for a farmer's market. We have a CSA program. Again, you have to have all these elements to really solve the problem. We're not here to be an organization to sit and deal with the same issue for 100 years. If we're really going to knock this out, we actually have to look at it holistically. Hence the 100 seeds exactly. of change. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. And Michael, you, you, your team is also building uh, amazing community gardens. You're building these hubs in the community, you're building workshops going into to not just Los Angeles, but all over. And the the spaces that you're creating not only are an opportunity for people to learn about composting and growing their own food and, and how that positively affects the environment, but you're also creating a space where there's the opportunity for collective impact and and having an opportunity to grow even more opportunity. What do you see that collective impact as being or have seen? What has happened? Right. Uh, the tagline for LA Compost is soil and people. Uh, focusing on compost and soil building just as much as we do as the individual that's working and tending the soil. And what we've seen is, one, we've seen food scraps turn into beautiful compost and smiles all around growing food with that. But for us, the the bonus is obviously the compost, but the true heart of what we want to do is systems change. It's changing culture, changing routine. Uh, we live in a disposable economy where it's so easy to waste and not think about that waste. We also live in an economy where it's, in a society where it's so easy to throw someone out, you know. Um, some great leaders say neither food nor people should ever go to waste. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so true across all communities. And we actually use compost as the rubric, as the teaching tool to learn from. Compost, in, if you have, understand compost, compost is not done in isolation. Yeah. It's millions of microorganisms working, sometimes hunger games, not, not all the time <laughs> in harmony, but they're working towards something, a common goal, towards a life-giving substance that's not right. selfless, that doesn't ask for attention, it gives itself away. And we want communities across Los Angeles to learn from that. How can we work together? How can we coexist, work towards a common goal, which is going to be based off that zip code's needs. Mm. But it's when we stop thinking about what we get from it and what does the collective whole get from it is where we start to see wholeness being attained. Because food scraps are sometimes considered waste or trash or no longer having value because there's imperfections to them. There's a blemish or a bruise to them. The same is true about us. Some of us can hide it better than others, but all of us are imperfect in some capacity. <laughs> we all are. Correct. Some of us, it's more apparent when you are houseless or you have an illness that is shown, but we all have something inside of us that we're dealing with. So for us, it's essentially how can we work with our neighbor, whether we believe in the same thing or not to create life and do that well. Exactly. Yeah, that's if you're solid. just if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Eco Justice Radio on 90.7 KPFK. We are here with Michael Martinez from LA Compost and Derek Still of Social Justice Learning Institute. So Michael, earlier in the show I talked about these connections in regards to climate change and soil health and why composting is so important. Um, by building up our soils and processing our organics waste locally, how are we helping to mitigate against climate issues? Your intro really hit it on the head really well, but I'll, I'll speak to it again in regards to 
we don't have infrastructure here, so we do have to truck it very far away, unfortunately, past county lines, unfortunately, to other communities whose waste it's not. So it's not Priuses or Nissan Leafs, which have 30 MPGs. It's big trucks driving our waste out of town and creating some emissions along the way, obviously. And burning fossil fuels. Absolutely. And then when we talk about food scraps just rotting anaerobically, which which is what we don't want. They create that, they generate methane, which we talked about is a greenhouse gas with global warming potential 80 times potent, more potent than CO2. Uh, we talk about leachate and runoff that comes from landfills. We talk about how when you actually compost, you create sponge-like soil on the ground. So the few days it does rain in LA, it actually captures that. And if it does run off the soil, it actually acts like a natural filter. So it can hold its five times it can hold five times its weight in water. So there's just so many things that compost does beyond the impact of growing nutrient dense food. And I always tell people if you drink water, you eat food, or you breathe air, compost affects you and you should care. Yeah. Yeah. And for both of you, uh there's, so in the next few years, and talking about this, how we're managing this compost and we're trucking it around. So, like, given California state law, there's going to be a need to for a, to compost a lot of food waste and other organics. But our current composting facilities, like we said, they're far away, and we don't have enough of the infrastructure. Do you see these local compost hubs? Do you see? I know you do, Michael. You do drop-offs now for organics at um, at farmers markets. Do you see these opportunities, the community gardens uh, that and, and the information that you guys are doing at the Social Justice Learning Institute as a way of creating new economies? Mm. Absolutely. Um, we believe in this hierarchy of food, first and foremost, that if food is still edible, it should go into the mouths of those who can still eat and consume it. The fact that we're throwing away half the food that we grow and one in six people in L.A. don't know where their next meal is coming from is is a wrong in and of itself. But in regards to creating new local economies, um, absolutely. Uh, it's about connecting with the people that actually generate the material to begin with and letting them know the story of where it goes and how it's processed, but also having local infrastructure in their neighborhoods that they see. Most people judge compost and they smell with their eyes, right? So if right. a lot of us have this misconception of what compost is, but when we're composting thousands of pounds of material in local parks and kids are holding thousands of pounds of worms in their hands, it's, it's this connection and transfer of life that's, that's happening as well. Uh, unfortunately, there's enough food scraps and organics to go around for both the haulers and for us. The waste haulers, you mean the, the companies that are picking up the organics Correct. and then shipping them off to be composted? The existing infrastructure at the moment. And I think for us, it's how do we play well with others? Right. We're all living in this beautiful city. We all want clean air. We want clean water. We want nutrient dense food. It's not just a matter of how much can we collect and make from it, but what can, how can we squeeze the, the, the greatest good out of it as well? And for us, these local hubs are going to play a huge role, not only in Los Angeles, but what's going on across the country. When we started, there was about eight of us from New York, Austin, some parts of North Carolina. Now there's, now there's over 90 organizations doing this community composting hub model. Yeah. And we're really excited that we get to play and function and, and work in, in the city like Los Angeles. Hmm. Derek. That's really interesting. I, I'm listening to the way Michael was framing it. And the way that we have begun to tackle composting, right? Because, uh, you know, it's a buzzword. You know, a, lot, a lot of people who uh, are at least socially conscious around food know the buzzword. 
But what are you actually doing when it comes to creating zero waste systems or being a part of one, right? Yeah. And so as an organization that does a lot of work around uh, creating access to healthy food, specifically through gardening, you know, we had to figure out ways to make sure that we could close the loop uh, for soy restoration, the whole nine. So I was like, okay, well, what what can we do? Like we're growing food, we're we're delivering food to people's homes, uh, but but how do we actually close the loop? And what do you mean ourselves? by closed loop? Well, so I know what you mean, way, but yeah, I want to make sure that's everyone a, that's else. That's a great says. question. Great question. So so. It starts for, with us with education and empowerment. We want to empower people to want to be a part of their own food system uh, and activate in that food system as well, right? So we teach them nutrition education, obesity prevention, the whole nine, right? And then that's one entry point. The next level is those who are interested in the garden. So in the 109 gardens that we've built, majority of them are backyard gardens and patio gardens, but we also have school gardens and community gardens, right? And at the schools that we work at, which is about nine schools that we have right now, uh, we actually have composting sites there as well. Why is that important? Well, we are harvesting a lot of the food, but every seed you put in the ground doesn't turn into a plant, right? And every plant doesn't always bear fruit. Uh, so some of that stuff actually has to be uprooted as you get ready for the next season. And you don't want to just throw it to the wayside and throw it in the trash. That is pointless, right? You want to actually have it be a part of the entire food system that you've created. So we're teaching not only community members that are involved in those process, not only the health advocates that have gone through our nutrition education classes who are now part of that process, the children who are, working, who are at the schools learning about these things too, right? Uh, they are all learning about the importance of actually closing the loop, which means uh, uh, consume the food that you consume, that you're finished with the food waste, like or or like the core of your apple or the peel of your of your banana or your oranges or uh, the, the shell of your eggs, like all these different things. Even the, the garden uh, scraps after we harvest and pull everything out of the ground. All of that can actually be a part of the soil that goes into the next harvest and to the next level of us actually being a part of this process. Um, but that even that was not enough. So we actually uh, partnered up with an organization called Food Forward. Uh, and partnership is a very important part of this. I think Mike mentioned, you know, the microorganisms that are in the soil that are all yeah. a part of the whole process of creating the soil, right? If we're going to actually do this and create the systems that are necessary in our communities, we're going to have to partner up with organizations that may even be doing similar work and stuff like that too, right? So with the food, with food forward, they're harvesting produce down from the wholesale wholesale market, uh, and they're they're uh, not harvesting. I'm sorry. Uh, they're collecting. They're it. collecting it from farmers markets, from the wholesale markets, from all these different places where food waste actually exists. So they're a food recovery organization. Exactly. I mean, food Food Forward is doing amazing work. But with the wholesalers, they're getting those donations that would otherwise be thrown to the dump. Now, the wholesalers down there, they're selling to the grocery stores, they're selling to the restaurants. But of course, they're looking for the perfect types of produce. The, the imperfect things don't get selected. But these are actually perfectly good produce that could go to people. So they get these pallets. Edible and nutritious. Pallets of produce. Yeah. And they bring them to communities like Inglewood. 
and we take the time to actually glean through it. The stuff that is not good enough for people to use, we we, we haul that away so they can go to our composting sites. And we also bag the rest of it and give it away for free to community members. Which we, is creating even more an economy. It's because economy for the food recovery, economy absolutely. when people are healthy, when they're eating right, they're able to do better in their jobs and even creating economy Took from the that. the words right out of my mouth. Nice. Yeah. Well, before we conclude, we are at our time. I, I Can you share with our listeners how people can further connect with your work and support your programs? And also if you have any upcoming events. Absolutely. Well, Derek Steele, you can email me, right? Because I, I answer my emails because I'm always out and about doing my thing. D-S-T-E-E-L-E at S-J-L-I.org. Or you can go to the website, see all the fantastic work we're doing at S-J-L-I.org. Uh, you can also see me on Instagram uh, at Legend of Steel, Twitter, the whole nine, man. We got a lot of things going on. And for LA Compost, our website is lacompost.org. We have a map of the city where all of our community composting hubs currently exist. We also have a schedule of calendar of events for our workshops and workdays. One thing to be on the lookout is for our story of food experience, where you would start with LA Kitchen as well as the Food Recovery Agency. Follow the food scraps to compost it and see how that compost is used in a local park, all within a two-mile radius. So lacompost.org, Instagram at lacompost. Uh, this has been such a powerful and inspiring conversation. Absolutely. And thank you so much for being here today. You've been listening to Michael Martinez from LA Compost and Derek Still of Social Justice Learning Institute. Thank you for joining Eco Justice Radio on 90.7 KPFK. And that is it for our show. Thank you for tuning into Eco Justice Radio here on 90.7 KPFK. I want to thank Derek and Michael for coming onto the show. Eco Justice Radio is brought to you by SoulCal 350 and KPFK. Executive producer Mark Morris, interview hosted by Jessica Aldrich, and original music by Javier Cadre. My name is JP Morris, and until next time, remember the power is yours. Thank you.